You know what I fucking uh, live from the common desk karaoke room from the place Brandon pays for this that never we could happen again. Three people smuggled in. We're gonna get banned. So this is the only time this is ever gonna happen with a special guest. Yo, what's up? One of our oldest, uh, our oldest fans <laughs> since day one. Since day our one, only fan. But not like that. <laughs> the only one. That no, it's definitely a, like that. The only one that honestly hasn't critiqued us. <laughs> He's getting some critiques. Uh, Schaller was uh, had criticisms of our uh, our, our GameStop, the GameStop uh, theory. Yeah, it's good. I'm sure there's plenty of holes. Yeah, why don't you tell us about them? Holes everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking give us give shit on us right now in front of our face. It's up to 205. What can I fucking say? say Is it 205 sold. right now? It's, it's been going back Jesus. up this week, yeah. but it's been a while, right? It's been a while, at least yeah. a month, if not longer. Anyway, what were you saying, Aaron? No, I uh, so I've been streaming a lot recently, and so I uh, I ended up coming up with I got fifth, fourteen followers, and then I realized you could just buy them. You can buy followers. <laughs> yeah, you could just buy them. So then I was on stream one day, and I was like, oh, it's only seven bucks for a hundred followers. Damn. Oh, dude, that's fucking cheap. It's eighteen bucks for five hundred. Ah, oh, that's a fucking steal. It's a thousand. It's like thirty bucks for a thousand. I'm just going to spend the seven bucks and just get them all. And How then, many like, followers do you have now? I, it bumped me up to 154. <laughs> I'm this close to Twitch affiliate. Are which, all, does it say <laughs> like their profiles or all of them just like, Oh yeah. I took, a, names? I took a screenshot <laughs> and it's all just like random names, just like, like seven, eight, seven or something like random numbers. And I'm like, clearly these are all fake, but I'm like this close to Twitch affiliate, which means I can start getting paid. Maybe I can start making a little bit of money. But you know what? It's still a net loss at that point. Because you're well, paying. Well, yeah, that's the cost I mean, of doing business. Well, listen, that that's see, listen, yeah. Just you you gotta bit. sometimes you gotta invest in your business. Even like, it's just like Uber and fucking Tesla. They weren't they pretty much not making any fucking money, mm-hmm. but they're still in business. They're still fucking. Well, you just got to throw some <laughs> gasoline on the fire. Right? <laughs> so I, I put in seven dollars to make an investment, and that investment is coming in to where I don't have to do almost any of the fuck work, but I'm I'm just raking it in. I'm just raking in the all the benefits. I've been doing so much work to to just end up paying seven dollars to. That, that actually is like a thing people do. Like uh, I think Twitter's changing it to where you have to. I think like the the model's different based on how many followers you have because people are just buying followers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to like pay more if you have more followers or something like that to discourage people from buying fake ones. Uh, so it's like if you have more, it would cost you more to, to like stay on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Um, but the, all, all of those models are really, yeah, like you said, there are a bunch of tech companies that just aren't making money. Um, and Twitter's not one of them cause they have ads, mm-hmm. but there's still a possibility that they'll just start charging people to like use it like both as a content creator and just as a, like having a user login. I think the second you start charging for Twitter, people will stop using it. Well, yeah, well that's the, yeah. that's the yeah, problem. Cause they have so many competitors, new stuff will come along like TikTok. It's user base is already like smaller comparatively. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's that's the problem though with those companies. Well, they can do it, but the problem is, uh, it's like the same thing that we were talking about with Uber. It's like, well, they pretty much cornered like most of the market, or people are so invested in that community that it would be really hard. Even if they do start charging people, of course, people are going to leave. But it would be really hard for a a, probably a significant amount of them to leave uh, because there's not like a good alternative. Just like, oh well there's not really anywhere else to go to watch videos other than YouTube. Like, yeah. but like not you, really you a get mad that. at Twitter. What's the first thing you want to do is tweet about it. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so you have to pay, to, you have to pay to do that. And then Job you have to security. pay to read other people's tweets. Cause that's really what you're getting on for is to like be validated and to know what the general like site guys thoughts are. So your your ideas can be like aligned with others to an extent, right? Like They're not sh- aligned to them, but you just want to know what others are thinking. And that's yeah. the easiest way to do it. And like shitting on the platform is like one of the trademark ways of feeling like you're part of that community, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, fuck YouTube, they'd fuck us over so much, but at the same time, I'm gonna put out like a video every day and coast off this shit because I know I don't have a real job, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. Do you see like every time like YouTuber on Twitter, they call it like a ratio or something where uh, someone tweets something out and then like the, the ratio between uh, replies, like comments and likes is like ridiculously crazy. So like, it'll have like a billion or like a thousand like replies, but like 10 likes. So they'll call it, they'll call that like a ratio, which pretty much means like, Oh, nobody agreed with that tweet or everybody hated it. And every time like oh, YouTube tweets replies. something out or Twitter tweets something out that it's just like, it just gets ratioed like every single time. Everyone's like, Oh, YouTube sucks. They're taking away money from all of our people. They're fucking like kidnapping kids or whatever. Hey, and then what? every single time it's like, Hey, who wants to watch me stream on YouTube? And that's the best <laughs> tweet. Cause everyone fucking sees it. Like, yeah. And that's how that's how some people blow up and I'm, that's going to be me. <laughs> All I got to do is spend a couple more dollars and boom, I go from 150 to 300, 300 to a thousand. And all I did was had to spend 50 bucks. Game over, baby. Someone just walked by and I felt a feeling of shame. What did they cast a dirty glance? <laughs> What are the, look it at was those dirty. people living their lives. It's see pissing me off. Drinking my beer. <laughs> the karaoke room. They're yeah. stealing the karaoke room from us. Fuck these guys. Like, what else could we possibly be well, doing? Well, it's funny because we're like talking about like, oh, these people have no lives. They're just putting out video content. <laughs> we're just sitting here recording <laughs> stuff while other people judge exactly, us and think dude. the same thoughts. Well, the difference is that it's us and we worked hard to but get we're here. We're self-aware. We did work hard. Yeah. We stole two extension cords. <laughs> we're yeah. nowhere pieces of shit. <laughs> we had to Google the right, like the equipment needed to be able to fucking talk to each other in person. And we still couldn't really figure it out. It was really difficult. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I might be a ghost. We have two different computers <laughs> to handle all of the mics that we have because we're retarded. Yeah, two totally different operating systems. This is <laughs> this has yeah, never been done terrible. before. It's actually like revolutionary. <laughs> Think about it. I was planning on bringing my uh, my mic arm, my boom arm, and then just like setting it up because I, I was assuming that there'd be something to handle that. Yeah, it'd probably sound a lot better. Yeah, you'd sound a lot better, and we'd it'd sound like consistent. shit. You know, we got to yeah. keep us. You know, on the same on level the shit here. pile. <laughs> exactly. Listen, if you're not coming up to my level, I'm not dropping my fucking values. If we all sound like shit, none guys. of us sound like shit. Or I don't know. I don't know if it works that way. You're We're only, only strong, a communist strong podcast. I was about to say, is this an ideological battle? Yeah, it is. Well, that does kind of get down to the the kind of the topic that I, w- I was telling you guys uh, earlier before. I wanted to talk about kind of. You know, the idea of self-worth and shit like that. And that comes in like a, a bunch of different parts, right? One of them is like professional, like your career, kind of what you do for a living. That idea of like, how good do you think that you are? Imposter syndrome, all of that bullshit. But the other one comes down into like your own personal life, the values that you have, kind of what you care about, how the stuff that makes you happy, doing all of that shit and kind of how all of that stuff cultivates and everything like that. So the thing that I started trying to figure out is, well, like, what are the things that make me happy uh, that I'm just not doing? Or I got into a situation to where I just feel really numb or bored. So, like, I'd be watching a whole lot of manga or a whole like a whole lot of anime, playing a whole lot of video games, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is boring. <laughs> like, this is stupid. I should be doing something with my life." And then I go jack off, and then I wake up in the morning and I feel fine. <laughs> well, that's like, the thing because there is just this very strong cognitive dissonance between like what the intellectual side of your brain wants and what the pure just emotional side of your brain wants. Like the just sitting back and watching something and jerking it is just so like it just hits the dopamine reward center so easily. Um, but then it's all kind of ruined by the intellectual side, um, which is what makes humans humans. That's why we haven't just stopped in one place and want to do more stuff. Um, but <clears throat> I think, uh, I don't know. I, I guess you have to have a balance between those two things. Well, I think sometimes people, people don't have a strong foundation or understanding of what that is for them. So then I think that leads to a situation to where they kind of don't know what their values are or they don't know, like they're not introspective. So they don't really know like what makes themselves tick. So it can lead to a very like stagnant and very like dark place to where, they're kind of like essentially like escaping to something to get a good feeling for the moment, but it kind of doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't grow more than that. Like that idea of well, using nostalgia to kind of escape from the moment that you're in, but like that doesn't really do anything for you at the moment. It kind of just 
is for that specific moment and it doesn't go anywhere. There's like long-term and short-term pleasures and there kind of has to be a balance between both of them. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is like the, the classic, like hedonistic example of you just get on a treadmill and you you just have to keep ramping it up. Like you're just going to get bored of whatever you like at first. Um, And that's just like an evolutionary thing. Yeah. The happiness treadmill. I think I've seen that called that. Yeah. Essentially, you know, you're, you're basically just kind of constantly waiting for your life to start. Like, Oh, once I get to this point, you know, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. But then it's like, well, then there's the next thing you got to work towards. Like, Oh yeah, you, you went to a house. That's great. Now you got to get married. Now you're married. Now you got to have kids. You know, you go fuck that. Or maybe I'll do that now. Then it's like, well, personal. then I got to get, <laughs> then I got to go get promoted. Sure. Yeah. I, what, what, but promoted to what? Do I want to be a manager? Do I want to be a VP? Like, well, what the fuck is the end goal? You know, yeah. which for, for different people, it's different things. Not everyone can be the CEO of a company, which I guess is a fulfilling com- like occupation. It? It, but yeah, it's yeah. like, that's a measure of success. You know, if you hear your best friend is like a CEO it's like, fuck, I need to get my shit whatever. together. Then you'd be like, oh yeah, my, you'd fucking talk about him, you know? You'd be like, yeah, my, my friend's a CEO. That means I have good friends, you know? But, you know, do you want to be CEO? Probably not. It's very fucking stressful. Well, it goes back <laughs> to the balances. Like, that's just a human urge to, like, want to climb this, like, societal hierarchy where you know, because like you said, like, everyone can't be CEO, that it's like an exclusive thing. People are just drawn to exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're like grow up in an American society, um, that there's just like a social hierarchy and societal hierarchy you want to climb. Um, but th- there's different ways to like, like you can attach different magnitudes of importance to those things. Like maybe some of it's uh, just like innate, and when you're born, you you're drawn to certain things and certain types of like long term happiness. Like whether it's like a um, like any of those measures you talked about, like if it's more family or if it's more work and career or more like artistic pursuits, um, it, it could be that some of that's innate and it could be that some of that's just learned and people are just, just trying to do whatever they can to, to feel okay. I think that's most people. Yeah. I think it doesn't help. Uh, I can't, I can't remember exactly when, but I remember reading about the, the feeling that people have where, Let's say, for example, it's kind of like that new car smell thing or whatever. Like you get a new car at the moment. It's like the greatest accomplishment you have. It's like the the thing that you care about the most. Right. But two months go down the line and then it sinks in. And then instead of it being your new car, it's your car. Like that feeling of all of that joy and whatever that you had that came from it, from that new accomplishment or that new thing that you have, it eventually fades and goes away. Like it just becomes you become used to it and it just becomes part of you. So now. Like you, like Isaiah said, you kind of move on to that next thing of like, well, part of it is, well, what's next or still chasing that idea of like, well, that thing that's bringing me happiness in a way, because eventually after you have something for long enough, it no longer becomes like that thing you were seeking. It just becomes a part of what you already have. So you're used to it. So then that, that feeling that you had from whatever it gave you, yeah, it just, it's not there anymore. Um, which I definitely think helps people or coincides with people essentially becoming stagnant. Um, especially if they don't have like a good understanding of, I guess, whatever they're, whatever it is they might be looking for because sure. What if they're like, Oh, I, I got to get that new car. And then it's like, well, well that was done. <laughs> like what now? <laughs> but I think, uh, as far as like a very personal thing, I mean, one of my, one of my favorite quotes from Socrates is that an, uh, the unexamined life is not worth living. And he said that when he was on trial for essentially like teaching people in Greece how to argue and about philosophy, essentially like how to get out of like uh, like their legal issues, which was not the purpose of it. But there was like a huge issue with that in the first place. So he was like sentenced to death. And essentially the reason why he said that was because he felt strongly about Uh, so much about philosophy and trying to understand the things that we like can't understand that he was willing to die for it. Um, Which I think for me has two meanings, which is essentially uh, that like people should try to uh, understand themselves and like their values, what they think, what they like care about and everything like that, what essentially they would give things up for because they care about it enough. But the other thing that I think that it's kind of stand for is kind of the idea that, uh, 
essentially the unexamined part is like, well, I want to live my life in a way that like, I want to have stories to be able to tell. Like, I don't want it to just be, he died. <laughs> like, it would be cool to be able to have like stories that you could say, like things that you could look back on and be able to say like, oh shit, this is stuff that I did as well. And I guess kind of that for me is the wanting to have that examineness for my life in a way, um, which I guess ties into like that whole idea of like, well, that's something that I value uh, is wanting to have that. So trying to take like some opportunities, opportunities that I can to be able to allow that stuff to happen rather than just being like, well, I'm guess I'm just going to die at 32. <laughs> but. And that seems like the entire point is the experience because anything that you do, it's going to be over. Like you said, then it's kind of a part of you. Maybe there's something next. Maybe you got to figure that out, but you can tell other people, whether it's podcast or music or whatever about those experiences and kind of share them everything else. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't really hold the same kind of water. So the experience of it in itself or transmuting that to like other people. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything more than that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Experiences there. It's just very subjective and they mean different things to different people. You can place value on different things. Um, like, yeah, the, the unexamined life is not worth living. That, that really confuses me. Uh, cause it's, it's also like the overly examined life is not worth living. Like if you're just too much in the intellectual side and not being in yeah. the moment at all, that just yeah, it kinda, sucks. I agree with that. You're like the fucking millennial generation has to Google every decision they ever yeah. make. Right. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely me, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah. Should I buy a house right now? You know what? Uh, how, am I making enough money? Am I putting enough in my 401k? I don't fucking know. I gotta like Google it. Yeah. Other people had to just figure it out. And that was part of the human experience. Now I'm just going off what, has been crowdsourced on the internet. You know? And that's the thing. Like, like that's what our kind of natural tendencies have us do, but like natural nature evolution doesn't want you to be happy. Like it doesn't select for happiness. It just selects for survival. Um, and, and there's other philosophies like Buddhism, which seem completely counter to that, where it, you are more focused on in the moment and less uh, like getting lost in thoughts and more just staying like, what's currently happening inside of your head. Uh, Cause yeah, a lot of the experiences we talked about, like I, I agree the experiences is the most valuable thing in life. Like you can have whatever, but it's, it's how you experience it that actually matters. Um, and being able to, I mean, actually appreciate those takes like getting away from that mindset of like Isaiah was saying like, Oh, what was my 401k? What's going to happen in 20 years? Like how am I doing? Like in the bird's eye perspective of society. Um, it's like, you need some of that, but you don't want too much. There's a moderation, right? Yeah. Who's the counterpoint to Socrates? You guys heard of Diogenes? I don't know if he would be, but he was like this Greek dude, basically homeless. They called him like the dog. Oh yeah, I know you're trying dog. To Yeah, yeah. He just got fucking ratchet, but apparently he was smart. So I don't know exactly how that. He, he was like a homeless that. drunk. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of philosophers were just like, <laughs> right? yeah. were kind of just like on their last legs. Man, that's what. Yeah. I'm also imagining Socrates on death row. Like, who the fuck else was he? Like, you know, next to like, you know, yeah. like oh yeah, I murdered children. Like, oh, I was like having, you know. Socratic seminars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about our, our minds. Yeah. yeah. You molested children? Oh, that sucks. And luckily, I mean, so they had been wanting to, as far as like a small history lesson or whatever, they had been wanting to get rid of him for like fucking years because he just kept like saying shit and essentially challenging the government after every single chance that he like pretty much got by trying to enlighten people as far as like, hey, this is like that stupid because if you consider all of these things, then that would explain from a philosophical standpoint why this and this and this shouldn't happen or like what is the idea of justice or like what does it mean uh, like to to do this or whatever. And he, so he kept challenging the government to a point that they were just like, well, we just got to get this motherfucker on anything like <laughs> like fucking anything is going to is going to work for us, um, which is why like at, which is why he said that to essentially say that um, practicing philosophy is is worth it. Um so much to, to where that he would not defend himself and uh, apologize, but he would rather just die 
uh, defending the point that it's worth it for to do what he was doing rather than just to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Like, so to examine a life and to examine things around us is, is worth living um, rather than to not do it at all. Like he'd rather so die. He's more of a rebellious, like, I don't want to be a part of your system, man. I want to examine it and talk shit about it. Is his thing. Pretty much. That's where the whole idea of Socratic dialogue comes in. His whole approach was just coming in and being like, so what do you think it is? And then everyone's like, oh, I think these are like, that's kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> Did you think about these things? <laughs> so could, well, could he have done that without talking shit about the government? Because yeah, that's, that's more kind of, of like a, just a meta like methodology to come to ideas where you're externalizing more things with other people. It's like, I could live my life and also not like release the documents that reveal that Joe Biden's a pedophile and get <laughs> assassinated on the spot, you know? Like, yeah. I think but I'm going to choose not to do that because I want to live. Yeah. We I can I, talk I, about that in a circle. Then <laughs> WO. I think, uh, I think a part of it was the fact that like, uh, just, just the, just the fear, uh, the the pure state of him doing it at all was essentially the idea of like, well, he's like making a ruckus, like he's making shit that he like he's making dust in the wind that doesn't need to be there in the first place. Like that's going to eventually cause problems with people thinking on their own or whatever. Like you lose a bit of control with that. But no, he definitely was like making shit difficult for the government and <laughs> that it didn't really need. Um, but there was also a whole issue with that as well, like I was saying, uh, with uh, other philosophers essentially trying to get or giving like teachings and lessons to get out of legal issues by essentially saying like, hey, well, if you think about it from this standpoint, well, then, yeah, you could you don't you shouldn't go to jail for murder because like he did this other thing that uh, is like philosophically wrong. And then they would just get off. So it's like that was something that they ended up making illegal, but he just kept doing it for free. So then it technically wasn't illegal. So they were just like, you know what? It's enough. Fuck it. We're, we're done with all of that. So it's like today, but instead of money, they just did it with logic. They're just like, fuck it. No, everybody else got paid. He didn't get paid. He did it for free. He was fucking that's, poor. Uh, yeah. So like, that's why they didn't get him for a while. They didn't, <laughs> but they got that motherfucker in the end. I feel like, you know, back then they could just be like, oh, he's just some fucking poor whatever why do you have to listen to him you know now it's like if socrates was on twitter no one would fucking listen to him dude he'd be buried, he'd buried dude. tits no okay pass if socrates was a woman what if so uh, with certain shit. proportions no i'm just kidding what were socrates just be pronouns like, just be like oh Charles, stop trying to be smart just <laughs> <laughs> like getting arians and ben shapiro i think socrates would be an incel <laughs> Oh, yes, for sure. 100%. Definitely red pill. Yeah. 100%. Dude. I think that was a lot of philosophers were just uh, pretty socially isolated. A lot of people in general, like Gandhi was kind of an incel. You ever heard about Gandhi? No. I thought he would like so, tempt himself with like. Yeah. He like, was like super anti-women the whole time. I mean, yeah. He'd like sleep with his like 16 year old niece or something like that yeah. to prove that he wouldn't fuck her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that much oh, like actually it. just sleep like in general. Yeah. Naked. Allegedly. <laughs> huh. I don't know if it's alleged when he like confessed to it. But <laughs> no, that he didn't fuck her. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. That's alleged. <laughs> oh, I thought. Uh, okay. He totally <laughs> fucked <laughs> Yeah, fuck Gandhi. <laughs> he I led a violent revolution. Hmm. That doesn't mean he can't fuck. What about, like, what, what, what about his niece? Then, like, does that kind of erase everything? Can you, can you remove the artist and the art? Is, <laughs> is yeah. sexual assault violent? I mean, you get Socrates could probably uh, get him off in court. <laughs> get him <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. I have a Nobel Peace Prize. You fucked your niece. <laughs> yeah, dude, he get canceled immediately. <laughs> you showed your hand. Like India would just be sent back thirty years back into British rule if that happened today. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit uh, my fucking uh god damn i hate capitalist system <laughs> so stupid i don't even want to go down that route <laughs> it's so what a hot take aaron <laughs> i just hate the idea of not feeling like i'm good enough at shit <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Maybe my own personal like inadequacies yeah. and uh, fucking insecurities. Just feeling like I'm not good enough to be able to to do things that I have to question myself so much, especially in a job setting. 
but that fucking shit sucks. <laughs> I mean, do you think most of that comes from like comparison to like, where do you get your standard on what you should be? Um, I guess that's hard to say. I mean, cause the, especially in like a professional setting, the idea is that, well, if you have enough experience then you should be able to do these things, but what if I work at a really shitty job who I don't like get any of that experience from Raise his hand. So, <laughs> so your expectation is based on like what your boss is or what you think your boss expects from you. I think the, I think so, but I think more so it comes from that idea that I will eventually leave the place that I'm at. So what is it that the other people that I want to work for are looking for? Like if I'm going to, if I, I know I'm going to quit someday, I'm not going to fucking keep working at the same place for 30 years. That's not going to happen. But if I want to go work at Microsoft and they're like, Hey, we need you to have eight years of fucking cloud like experience. I'm like, fuck. Uh, that's all bullshit anyway, man. It'll be like eight years of whatever experience of technology came out two years ago. You know, like it's, it's the same well, of course, shit. but I I think it still breeds that idea, especially because like in America, there this is our society very much so encourages people uh, that working hard or working yourself to death or whatever or like doing as much as you can for your job is like a positive thing. It's yeah. really good. That's the that's the thing you want you want to be known to be like a hard worker. You don't want to be the guy that to be puts in cook. Yeah, or yeah, you don't want to be the guy that puts in like as much work as they need to and then that's it. You want to be the guy that's working overtime, that's doing extra, that's fucking overachieving, that's fucking doing like side projects and has their own business. That's a, that's the like Isaiah said, "Oh, he's a CEO. That's the that's a good guy. Like you want to be that guy." But uh <clears throat> then I'm like, "Hey, I've been I've been working my ass off for a while." Then I go to this other place, you're like, "Eh. Probably you needed some you need like four more years at like fucking like whatever the fuck we're looking for. And I'm like, how the fuck was I supposed to get that? <laughs> what kind of, <laughs> what kind of shit? I know I needed like three years experience in cock and ball torture. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, what, <laughs> what skills are really fucking different at whatever job is some asshole telling you to do some fucking thing. Like it's, uh, you can look it up. We got Google at this point. Like there's a few well, things. Yeah. I yeah. I think it, uh, but I definitely think, especially with, well, I guess a part of that does come like what I was saying before, kind of having that self-worth, especially in the professional setting, like yeah, getting a good idea of like who you are, what you're able to accomplish and like what you can do. Right. Um, but I think that does make it hard with like where we live, where having that all of those things that are encouraged and like by our environment and by our society, I think it does like muddy those lines a whole lot. Uh, <clears throat> because if you're not going by like, damn, I need to work like 12 hour shifts. If I, if I want to make a hundred thousand or whatever, it's like, oh, you're just, you're, you're a fucking bum. Dude, it's, it's you're, you're the fucked. worst guy I ever made. <laughs> I just, I just saw one of the new hires at my places, their timesheet. Cause they were, they were having trouble logging it last week. So they showed me and helped them remove whatever bullshit lines, but they were like logging 50 hours. And it's like, yo, you're, you're on one project that no one gives a fuck about. <laughs> like, it's going to be okay. Like there's definitely that hustle culture and, Honestly, a lot of times I feel like it just kind of spinning wheels and it's pointless. But I mean, that might be changing with more work from home. Like a lot of people just aren't working. It goes both ways though, because some people stop working and some people don't take lunch breaks. Yeah, that's true. Some people just can't get away from work because their computer's right there. Yeah, or they just outsource all of our jobs. Like, oh, that's actually a good idea. Saying a lot. Well, no, that's like a, there's some like classic example of a guy who, yeah, worked in software and he just like outsourced his job to India and he paid some guy developer in India, like 30% of his salary and then just did nothing and like went to meetings every once in a while and had like a five hour work week. I feel like, you know, he's, he's skimping on the details there because you have to explain to the developers in India or Ukraine or wherever the fuck, like what the actual requirements are. And that's always the hardest part of the job. <laughs> like they never fucking do it right. You know, and they don't understand there's a language barrier. So he's not just as simple as being like, Hey, do my job. Here's the tickets, you know, here, just pick them up and, you know, complete them for me. You know, hey, here's all the fucking QDP manager. <laughs> just figure it out. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta like be able to explain requirements, you know? And it's like, Oh, Maybe you're just you. the white face of like, you know, a team of Indian developers. <laughs> <laughs> and People actually, get paid a lot for that role. Exactly. You know, there's, 
There's scrum I mean, masters that don't do any actual work. You know, they just yeah. you know, corral the hens that don't know what the fuck they're doing, like on like as a team. And then they make like a hundred K a year, just like, you know, make sure everyone's on track. There are so many ways to make money. There are like way there's like cheat codes essentially. Like people who have found just like glitches in the system to do crazy stuff. And then there's people hitting someone else with a hockey stick in front of a gas station. <laughs> Again, like two dollars. The range is ridiculous. <laughs> the range between that and like the, I thought you were talking the about the range of the hockey stick. Yeah. Oh, well, that <laughs> that too. Like, that's like six feet plus wingspan. Yeah. That's fucking you're, you, you can't away. go anywhere. I mean, yeah, that guy that guy had some distance on him. Yeah, like, yeah you're not getting away. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it's tough because a lot of that just is ingrained in you. Uh, and it does make me wonder how much of that is innate versus cultural. Um, cause a lot of it is like you, you, you learn just from media growing up that this is good and this is bad. And then once that story comes up, it's just easy to like build on that narrative. Um, but those narratives are based on like something in human nature. Like there's something in human nature that wants you to be like top of the social hierarchy in this like exclusive thing which is what like jobs that pay more allow you to achieve. Um, it's just, I mean, you probably have to have a balance like with other things in your life, uh, depending on how you weigh different things in your life. Yeah. I think when you go to college, you're kind of sold on this ideology that you're going to change the world, right? You're going to leave, you're going to do something crazy. You know, you're going to help solve global warming. You know, you're going to help the homeless population. You're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to do something that's going to overall have a net benefit. And then like, as you like, you know, start going through internship interviews and go through your senior year and take your first job, you know, you start at some shitty first job, you kind of, your worldview starts to narrow down your expectations are slowly leveled off and you realize like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to probably be average at best, maybe a little better than average. (laughs) And then you start drinking more. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize, oh, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of sleepwalk through the rest of the life as much as possible. You know, do the minimum. Maybe I'll do stuff that makes me happy. I'll kind of be satisfied with that. And then that's just sort of it. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna actually have a positive impact on the world. You're slowly feeding that fire of your midlife crisis. Exactly. But see, Maybe still that's good. okay. But. but still like the, the, like when you use the word average, that has nothing to do with like the moral direction that you're going in. Like you don't have to, there's no correlation between being the best and being the most helpful. Like it, it we, we have this thing conflated where it's like, if you're the, the best and that scale of worst to best is based on money then you're like doing more good. Um, but I, I don't think people really gravitate to good and bad as much as they do like a more hierarchical system of, I want to have more than the next guy. It's just I easier to, to prove. It's yeah, just exactly. A, a dick competition. Just exactly. Just a sack of money is the easiest thing to point to. Well, yeah. I mean, it's all about the idea of like getting as much, being successful. Like that's the thing that it really ends up becoming about. Um, at least I think so. Right. But I think if I understand what you're saying correctly, like doing these things or whatever are good for you or they're in on terms of like a, a meter or whatever, they're considered more good than they are bad. Is that essentially what you're saying? No, I'm saying, I'm saying we have this like false correlation between good and bad and, uh, well, I guess morally good and bad and successfully good and bad. What if I introduce a third axis? So like, so like, what do you think it'd be more helpful if we pushed authenticity as a person instead of financial success or let's say moral kind of success? People would fuck that up too. Probably. Because what does authenticity mean? Well, I mean, that's me. Some people are going to be authentic and then they're going to, you know do bad things because they're a shit person. <laughs> but yeah, but especially in, well, yeah, I guess you could say, especially in jobs where trust is like the most important thing, then authenticity becomes like a detriment because then how can you, the biggest thing would be, well, you need to earn people's trust. So which right? job, right? Cause like, is this current corporate thing where you have hundreds of people working for big things, <laughs> does that make the most sense? Or if someone's doing what they authentically want to do, which, you know, mm. technically you kind of can in the U S and, 
you make it smaller. But authenticity think, yeah. doesn't have to be like in a vacuum outside of uh, like when you say corporation. No, it like doesn't. You, yeah. Yeah. But I, I see what you mean. Cause when you are in that kind of big um, environment, you're, you're more likely to be influenced by the you're culture you put yourself push in. through this funnel of like success at all costs and overworking yourself or maybe having imposter syndrome or whatever else, because the company kind of dictates this is what they're making and that's where all the jobs are. And you could do your own thing, but it's not necessarily as easy to start. Yeah. I mean, that that definitely is, uh, I mean, glamorized to an extent. Um, and yeah, I use the word glamorized, like not falsely, but it, it is like, like it's cool to have your own thing. That's like a coolness factor, right? Like if you have your own startup or something, that could be seen as like even more exclusive than like a director at some company. I feel like it's, I feel like that idea of like having your own business is in some way, like a, it's like a gatekeeping metric in a way. Like it's seen, it's viewed in terms of like, if you don't own your own business or you don't have your own startup, then you're not ambitious enough. And that's a negative thing. Like you're not worth it or you're not successful. It's used as like a metric to say that those are the things that, the people that are happy or that are successful. So they do get what they want. Those are the, those are steps that they go through to do. And if you don't have that, then that's a negative thing. At least that's what that's anecdotally what I've encountered. Um, Cause it seems like a, it, like independence is the key to that. Like people just and naturally some people want. are independent. Some people are fucking not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess independence is different than authenticity, but they're, yeah. they're kind of related for the context of what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, sure, maybe maybe a really bad example would be the fact that, like, sure, maybe what if I want to fucking work in, like, aerospace engineering or something? Uh, if I go and work for, like, a huge company like NASA or SpaceX or fucking Jeff, Biggie Jeff Bezos, whatever his name is, uh, that could be seen as, like, a huge accomplishment. But would it be just as big of an accomplishment or would it be better if I went and made my own fucking like aerospace engineering company? Like, would that be better than that? Would that be seen as more ambitious or like more successful? Some people would like some people value that independence aspect more and other people wouldn't like some people might be the opposite and value like being working with a a specific prestigious team more. It, It just depends on the person. And that, that probably does go to like certain personality types and traits, just value those different things. I do um, definitely think it's glamorized. I think it's sexier. Like if I, if you were to rate like, yeah. oh, what, what jobs are like the sexiest? Like, oh, that's something I want to do. Like software engineering, whatever. Then you, you have the companies that are like, oh yeah, Google, Amazon, Facebook, whatever. You have those companies that are, those are the sexy, like I got to get up there. But like owning your own business, that's also seen as something that's like very sexy to do too. Like it's, it's a very glamorous position that people would imagine not everybody gets to do, even though there's like hundreds of thousands of companies and businesses that are made like every single year with like 60% of them or 40% of them fail every single year or whatever. At least to say like a failed startup, that's a negative. Like we tried and failed. You might as well be homeless, dude. I mean, it's still cool. You still get points for I say negative. You don't think it? I think it's still cool. It depends on how it failed. If it's like, did you get paid? I mean, I mean, cause so I think it's still like a level of respect you'd have for the person who tried it. If it failed because uh, of your shitty management, then it's like, oh man, that's embarrassing. Still, even I, I, I would I still even just like respect the person for trying because I would want to try, but I would go through the like cost benefit analysis and be like, oh, it's not worth it. I feel like there's other factors that go into whether or not like I would consider that it would be like worth it or it was like, oh, that was a cool, like you get props for that or that's like a successful accomplishment or whatever. Like if someone just like, popped up out of the blue and was like, I'm going to fucking make my own business today. And they just like, and within five minutes just went and gone, gone done it. And then the next day it failed. I'd be like, that was fucking stupid. And there's people like that. (laughs) But if somebody put like 10 years into this project and then finally ended up being able to make their own business and then it failed or whatever, then I'd probably be more lenient to be like, well, yeah, like you put, so much effort. I think effort is a key word. Like you put so much effort and time into trying to get that to work. And I think that's the thing that I find more admirable 
instead of just the the act in and of itself. I think there's yeah, like so yeah. much more nuance there. I, I think I feel that like that romanticism of it because the it seems like there's a passion around it. Like a, a lot of these other jobs we That's talked about aren't are completely devoid of that. They're just for like a means to an end to make money to do something. Um, but there's also like a romanticized idea in our culture that you're like passionate about a certain idea or work. Um, if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. That's the I can't even like, that do. just doesn't even sound like doesn't, English to me. It's, <laughs> it's complete bullshit because it's a job. <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's still a job. I hate that fucking idiom. Yeah. Like I think an example would be like, you know, being a doctor, right? That's like a generally respected position, right? You think, oh, that guy's a doctor. You know, he's doing good. He's helping people or whatever. But really, like probably most doctors are just prescribing pain pills that are getting people addicted to some shit and having a net negative effect on people's lives. You know, not every doctor is going to be like working for, (laughs) yeah, you're passionate about getting people addicted to opioids. You're going to go to your patient's house. You're going to fucking administer them directly. (laughs) Yeah. see, That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, like people don't really assess things on like a moral value. That's not something we do naturally. Um, and that's even when you look at it from like, uh, I don't know, logical thing. It's not something like you can ever do. Like you can always do the Socratic bullshit where you can just make arguments for something being good or bad. And it's almost always like morally ambiguous to an extent. Um, so it's, it's more of like when you make these judgments on a good job versus bad job, it's more of just a like snap intuitive thing, uh, based on these factors. You don't really think about that much. At the top of your head anyway. Yeah. I I think that also comes down to the fact that I think a lot of people also don't know what their morals actually are. A, a lot of it is learned or. Copied. Yeah. Or it's, it's kind of ingrained as a society, right? Like everybody, everybody knows the present pledge of allegiance. Everybody knows that we've been doing that since the very fucking beginning. Like patriotism is like one of the things that is tr- like forcibly ingrained into you as a kid, like to love your country, to love your nation, kind of those ideas, especially with like America being like a Christian nation. A lot of the morals that we get come from like very like specific sources, like being American, being Christian, kind of that idea of like, well, what's good versus bad, like that varies per country as well. So I think a lot of that comes from that. But I do think like people, a lot of, uh, I would think a lot of people don't have that idea for themselves personally. So they do go based off of, well, generally what, what is considered good and bad. So then it is very empty. So it's like, Oh, well you, you created your own business. Oh, fuck it. You're, you're an ambitious go getter. You're, you're the type of guy that doesn't take no shit. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. A lot of it is just based on the snap judgments that have been like ingrained into us that we don't realize are like when you dig into them, there's a lot more complexity there. Um, but even if you try to dig into those, like, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you've, I don't know, looked at like philosophies and tried to be like, oh, well, I'm this, I'm a utilitarian or I'm a Kant's whatever. Like, everybody pause up. Cunt. Uh, but it's, it's never like a monolithic ideology that one person can have. Like there's always this dissonance of you have conflicting ideas in your head and they're going to change from emotional mindset to emotional mindset. And you're never just going to be able to pick one ideology and just completely believe it for your whole life with like details to it. So instead of trying to do that, because it's impossible, you just kind of uh, do the unexamined thing and just take the morals that are kind of ingrained into you through your society. And you just make like knee jerk reflexes on it without really intellectualizing into it. And I mean, I think that's, that's fine. Do you? That sounds (laughs) sounds very depressing. (laughs) Like the, the, I can see what you mean. That just sounds very much just like 
And it's okay to not give a shit. (laughs) I think, I think the first step is it's ingrained in you. And then you have options of what already exists and you can kind of poke around or like, Oh, what's this Eastern Buddhist philosophy or this Western philosophy, this or that. But yeah, if you're still probably taking from something and a lot of people really take what suits their position and sure you could, you know, spend a lot of time thinking of your own thing, but it's still going to be based on your experiences and how different is that going to be to these other people. And even when I think you make, you make that choice just based on what feels okay. Like I think yeah. that choice is made more on emotion than the instinctual. on the what the kind of instinctual. Yeah. I think, I think that's more just based on feeling and emotion in a lot of um, like situational, like you pick the philosophy that's best for your situation. Um, like, like Walter White had very different, uh, ideologies when he was a high school chemistry teacher versus when he was like the top drug Lord. Yeah. Big daddy guy. <laughs> big yeah, daddy big, cartel man. Big blue meth uh, <laughs> papa. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of pick and it goes the same with like a lot of, I mean, just Republican Democrat or political leanings. You kind of pick what helps you rationalize and feel okay about your current situation, whether that's like hoping for something different or like, justifying and putting a certain, I don't know, like morality out of your mind. You just pick what feels okay. And that's the one you're going to land on and resonate with. I think I can agree with that. I mean, of course, I think uh, I would not advocate people to go so far out of their way that they need to like study and subscribe to so many religion or like uh, philosophical ideas that like they do more detriment to themselves by like having thoughts that don't might not necessarily help them. Um, but I do think the, the more important thing would be to do at least some amount of work and effort to figure out personally what they care about. Um, and then try to find something, either a personal philosophy or some philosophy that can kind of coincide with that. Um, which is why I say like, I don't like religion, but religion is very good as kind of a guide and as kind of like a point of direction for people. It's, it's a, in some ways a, a crutch to, so they don't have to think about it. So it's just, these are the things that I know that I should live my life by. And these are the values that I have that I should care. So it was very easy for me to not question that. Uh, which is why I say, I can understand why people like hold on to those things. Um, but in general, yeah, like I wouldn't advocate everybody to, oh, you gotta, you gotta pick up Socrates, you gotta pick up Plato, you gotta, you gotta look at all the fucking like Middle Eastern ideologies and like all the fucking Chinese and Japanese stuff. Like, no, that's it wouldn't fucking kill them to take a peek. Though. Um, yeah, if <laughs> yeah. if they are inclined to do so, but I think yeah. with everything, moderation does come into play. Like, it, there is too much of anything, and there also there's also yeah. too little of anything. Uh, do you think morality affects your sense of self-worth at all? Yeah. I think morality, your values affect everything. Um, whether that is that you know them or not, or like they're developing. I think people are constantly changing, which it would be impossible. I think it's impossible for people to, to land purely on like a solid state of morals or ideologies that will hold them forever. Um, whether that's going that's them getting like a solid list and then slightly changing them or constantly changing them as like they're alive. But I think because people and because experiences and your environment where you live in whatever can vastly change your mentality, I think people always are going to change and that should be, they should be flexible to new ideas, new ideology, kind of new train of thoughts and whatever. But I think yeah, your morality, your values, what you personally hold as like your own values vastly affect all of your experiences. Uh, and I think it would be, I think it would be ignorant to say that they don't have like some hold in the way that you view things. Um, because usually when it, when something affects you, you think mostly, well, how do I relate to this in what way? Like in what way does this affect me? And that goes based off of like, well, whether this is good or bad or whatever. And that good or bad system is either your own morals or your own ethics or whatever, which is usually how you come to that conclusion. 
Yeah, I mean, take a nun or a CEO and put them volunteering in some, you know, place with no money. And the nun's like, I'm doing good. The CEO's like, if I was somewhere else, I could do more, right? It just, it's all context. I'm sure we could all do more if you dropped us in like some shithole place, you know? But now we're just going to stay in Houston where the median standard of living is pretty good, you know? Yeah, listen, I'm I not just booked us all. Yeah. I just booked us all a flight to Kabul. Listen, I'm not going to lie. If Kabul. you dropped me somewhere in fucking Thailand, I'd probably die. Like, <laughs> I probably Thailand? wouldn't do like... Thailand, I feel like listen, a good place. I'm probably not going to do like the best, like ever. You're probably like, ripped I'm going to be straight up honest <laughs> that. When you like, you put me in a forest, I'm fucked. Like, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> You're probably, we'd all die of malaria in like a week or two, I'm sure. Most likely, like but if you were born Cambodia, in any of those environments, maybe. Like I don't know. I don't know, dude. Speak English? Yeah, we're probably fucked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, uh, I need some toilet paper. Uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I guess I'm using my sock today. <laughs> so, how much of, of morality do you think is based on choice, and how much is just based on like intuition and innate? Uh, like decisions that are already like pre-made for you. How much of morality do you think is based off like? Yeah. Like I think a lot of it's just based intuition? on personality. Like, um, like I'm going to be nice to people, but that's just because I have a thing in my personality where I like when people like me, so I'm nice to them. So they like me and then I get a feedback loop of feeling good. Um, and it's like, I'm doing nice things for people and that's a good thing. But I think at the root of it, I'm only doing it cause it like feels good for me. Yeah. It's not like altruistic you're saying. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible to be altruistic. Well, it's weird because I feel like some people that you meet are nice. You get that weird feeling of like, why are you being nice to me? And some people don't make it weird. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Yeah, I, I, I do think that it's impossible to be 100% altruistic because at some point, like true altruism would be like, you are truly not getting anything out of this. Like it's not symbiotic at all, um, which would mean I think that the other person would not even get joy like out of the encounter. Like there's not some well, there's, benefit that they're getting. I mean, which, like you can, you can volunteer at a soup kitchen and maybe you're like bored and uncomfortable while you're there, but overall you get like an underlying sense of like, I did a good thing. Yeah. But I don't, I also don't think that's really altruism. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, it's kind of like conflicting <clears throat> things because you do have that feeling of unhappiness while you're there. But there's like an overall feeling of like, okay, I did a good thing and that feels good. Yeah, and, and that like relates to a self-worth. You can tell like, people you volunteered at the soup kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Or either that or I think, I think people do like play this game um, like personally. I think people play this game where they uh, kind of tally up all the good things that they did versus the bad things that they did. And uh, they kind of like hold that as some type of scale to say like, well, I've kind of earned the ability yeah. to do this thing. Everyone thinks because I person. like went and did that. Yeah. yeah. Like I haven't murdered or raped anybody. I'm a good person. Yeah, right? So maybe, like, maybe I yeah. should get some head today. Like maybe, <laughs> like, maybe I, I kind of, I did all my work on time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I see. I live in Aaron's Republic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Th there's also a thing of like, we, we, judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge others by our act, by their actions. So it's like, you can kind of, yeah, justify just about anything of like, Oh, I did a bad thing, but overall I was trying to do good. Whereas this other person, you know, I saw on the news that they did this and this, and they're probably a piece of shit because of that. Yeah. And it definitely a part of that is that idea of like protagonistic syndrome or whatever is that idea of like you, you have so much information about your own life and not enough about anybody else's that it's so much easier for you to give yourself a reason or an excuse for why something happened. Cause you have so much information. You have the last 20 years or the last 50 minutes to explain why this, why you were pissed off because somebody cut you off or whatever. But the guy that cut you off is just a douchebag, but you have no understanding or no capable idea of figuring any of that out. And usually what happens is, because all of those other actors that affect you in your life are only for that specific situation, it's usually the situation to where that person comes into your life for that two seconds and then they're gone and you never think about them again. They never exist again. And usually because of that, people always or people usually tend to consider that everybody else is always like a third party 
uh, or like a third supporting cast member inside of like their, yeah, as far as like their, their overall like play or like act, that's their life. So it's a lot easier for them to, like you said, well, yeah, like I, I had like a laxative that somebody gave me and I shit myself versus, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right when Aaron said that the janitor walked by like, oh, someone shit himself. <laughs> He's like, oh, not no. Yet. Shit. He's like, yeah, kick him out of there. They don't need to be in there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I was saying, yeah, I, I can yeah. completely understand that. I, I 100% subscribe to that idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm reading this book, Breakfast of Champions. It's about uh, the science fiction author writes a book where, like, there's one human and he's on a world where everyone else is a robot and it's supposed to be like a test of his morality. And then this other dude with uh, like extreme mental illness reads it and he convinces himself that that's the reality he's living in it's where everyone's a robot with no free will. And he's the only person with free will who can make decisions. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like a lot of the books just about how uh, I, those kind of bad ideas can spread. Like most people can see that just as a science fiction book, but this one guy just really latched onto it and that became his whole like, way of viewing the world and it, it goes into like how people latch on to certain ideas um and it, it tries to make the case that a lot of ideas are more you don't actually believe the ideas but they're more like just who you agree with like you're you're more likely to be a democrat if all your friends are democrat and it's it's not that you analyzed it it's just like at a base intuitive level you are a Democrat because it's like a handshake with someone else. You don't want to be alone. Yeah, exactly. It all comes down to just because I'm not a fascist, people. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I might own Mein Kampf, but that doesn't make me a uh, bad person. <laughs> only read it twice. Yeah, yeah. With good intentions. I, I do. I do think there. Um, a lot of the social foundations and social contexts we uh, contracts we have are based off of presuppositions, right? Like we assume that this list or these items of things are true for both people. Like me and Brandon don't want to hurt each other or we don't want to be hurt. So we're not going to hurt each other. And so there's like presuppositions that usually people have that end up going into play for why people believe that the, the, the things that they do. And sometimes when they don't have that, then it comes into play where, well, now you have this idea where, yeah, this person doesn't, he believes he's the only human and everybody else is robots. And it's going to be really hard to convince him otherwise because of things that he believes like, oh, well, robots don't have like organs and blood is going to be really hard for him to be proven otherwise because it's very easy to to justify those things with just tweaking some knowledge very easily or by basing that off of something that is usually really ridiculous to everybody else. Like having the book say science fiction on it where everybody would say, well, yeah, that fucking means like, it's not true, but this guy would be like, Oh, well he only did that because he's trying to send a message. Like <laughs> it's all cover. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, we're, at, we're at about an hour. Yeah. I had, had I did have another topic, but we're we are at another hour. Yeah, we're contractually obligated to do uh, <laughs> one hour, no more, no less. Yeah, we still haven't done our ad segment either. Oh, we yeah. haven't done an ad segment in like two episodes. We haven't. Fuck, it has been a while. We are we are on break for the wife we drive. Anything you want to plug, Justin? Uh, I'm reading Family of Secrets by Russ Baker, which is about mm. the Bushes and the CIA, and Ooh. I highly recommend. Ooh, goddamn. He's more intellectual than us. Does it have, any, <laughs> does it have anything about fucking over black people? Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, just send me, admit to it, send me the, yeah, send me the specific subtext. chapter and then it's, I might buy it's the implied, book. It's <laughs> implied. Like, <laughs> but does it go over the fun parts of Bush? Like his art phase and his like, he's like I'm holding on page. hands with Michelle Obama just swinging. When they fucked the skull of Geronimo when he was in Yale. What? Wait, does it have anything about him being in Harold and Kumar? So <laughs> I'm at like Harold and Kumar. I'm at like page 100, and it's talking about the Kennedy assassination and leading oh, up to that. God. So it's, it's going back for George H. W. Bush. You know. Okay, so they glossed over some things. <laughs> well, that's what you, you said Yale, right? Because like they yeah. all the whole family went to Yale, and there's yep. this old CIA. Uh, it's like a student association called Skull and Bones. Yeah, or they, something like that. that's exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. They have the skull of Geronimo and they have to like fuck it as part of their initiation. <laughs> the more you know. That's awesome. Is that what the, is that the club you wanted at AM? Oh yeah. I would totally would, join yeah, that. Totally Bronx, fuck a skull. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Fuck skull of Geronimo. <laughs> the skull oh, that's even sexier. <laughs> you see those eyes? Dude, <laughs> he was giving me that look. That's a man who's done He's something sick. with his life, unlike me or you or yeah. <laughs> That so combines like all the things we talked about. Like you're like you're you're part of a community. You're in an exclusive community, so it feels like you're doing something good. You have success. You have success. You have self worth, and it's an experience you share with that skull and bones. You know, it's very limited, so it's it's a prestigious. like yeah, uh, it's prestigious. Yeah, you start a cult. <laughs> Or he skull kept looking at me with those. Get a fish shirt up your ass. He was asking for it. <laughs> he was asking for it. He did, if he didn't want to be fucked, he should have been dressed that way. <laughs> you did say he deserved to get some head. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I put it. I put in a hard day's work. Yeah, I deserve to fuck the skull. 